Hi, everyone. This is Olivia Kernikin, executive producer and editor for the Screen Strong Families podcast. We've had yet another incredible year with amazing guests and thought-provoking insights. And as we embark on our new 2024 season, we want to share a few clips of the many highlights from our episodes this past year. Enjoy. I don't want to offend anyone out there. I'm just going to say it again, though, because I wish somebody had told me this. Don't act like you don't know anything about screens and don't play the stupid card, right? Don't just say things like, oh, well, I just don't know anything about what they're doing. And they just know some, and they're just so smart and they know so much more than I do. And listen, we're in our house guilty too. If the remote control is broken, I hand it to one of my kids. They can always fix it, but don't play this card. You have to change your level of education around screens. So this is the tip. Never allow screen time that you do not understand. Never. If you don't have time to learn it, then the answer is no. It goes like this. No, Evan, you can't have Grand Theft Auto because I haven't played it yet. But all my friends have played it and their mom loves it. Okay, this leads to the next tip. Don't believe those comments and don't care about what all the other moms are doing. Remember I said a minute ago that we cave to peer pressure even more than our kids. This is when this happens. Just because they want it. It doesn't matter. You are the coach. Do not let your team run the show. And remember what we said a minute ago, just because it's convenient doesn't mean that it's a good thing. And, you know, parenting is all about kind of sacrificing for the good of the player. So do they want a video game? Well, when you watch the video games and pretty much watch all of them, because when they say they want one game, they'll get on one game and they'll just keep going to the other games like a frog hopping on a lily pad. They just go to this one, to this one, to this one. So there's really no way you're gonna be able to watch all the video games out there. But if you want to try, just say, look, until I watch them and until I watch other teenagers playing it, because you're going to see a lot of other things when a teenager plays it versus when you play it, then we're just not going to allow it. And so this is not overprotecting. This is being smart. This is what good coaches do. They don't allow their teams to do things that they don't know. Do they want social media? Of course they do. Can you follow all of their accounts on social media? You know, the average team has five accounts on all the different platforms because they have five different email addresses. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be very hard. You will have to see everything they see if you're going to be able to coach them and guide them. And that will be a full-time job for you. So that's another area where you smile and wave and say, no, honey, I don't have time to help you walk through social media. So we're not doing it right now and smile and wave and move on. And remember I said in the beginning, mom, it's all about you being happy. Here's a tip. Here's a real practical tip. Keep your phone in the car after carpool or after your kids get home when they are teenagers. But when they're young, this is a, this is such a big tip. Do not bring your phone in when you bring your kids in, just leave it in the car for at least an hour So you just have some time to unwind and you have some very meaningful time with them at that point, because even if your phone is just on the kitchen counter, I'm telling you, you will be distracted by it and you'll lose your focus. We're not even talking about the negative content or the violent content or all the other things that can cause problems, right? Well, that's what I emphasize to parents because... Many parents are really onto this uh, sexual predator thing, and they're very concerned about these stories of kids being groomed online. Well, yeah, I mean, that happens, but 
That's not common. What is very common is kids spending hours a day looking at social media and gradually becoming more anxious, more depressed, more disengaged, more lonely. And there's no sexual predation going on. It's just these apps used the way that they are intended to use can lead kids down a rabbit hole that leads to isolation and disengagement. I want to ask you, how do you know when you're a teenage girl or boy is ready for a detox? What are the signs or are there signs? Is it just sort of an intuition, you know, and I know that Dr. Sachs, we can't really have the perfect checklist, but in general, what do you think the signs would be for a high school teenager that would um, tip the parents off to realize that, you know, this is getting out of control and we need to do a detox? Well, a key one for teenagers and social media is displacement. By displacement, I mean the kid is engaging in social media instead of engaging in real activities with their friends in in the real world. I have no problems with kids using an app or a phone to arrange social activities. Uh, And these apps make it easy to send out a message to a defined group of friends saying, hey, let's meet at Vanessa's house two o'clock Saturday. And that's fine. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But when the kid is using the social media instead of engaging with other kids in the real world, spending a lot of time trying to post the perfect TikTok video, that's when it's a problem. That's when that risk of anxiety and depression and disengagement is going to increase. When we think of kids whose parents sort of regulate their screen time, we think of that as being controlling parents. But what I want the listeners to think about is that that's not necessarily the case because these devices are controlling our children. If you're not allowing some restrictions on what they can do on a device. These attention engineers are doing that for you. And so they are becoming the control over your children. But the average amount of time that U.S. school children ages six to eight spent at school plus homework increased by over 11 hours a week in 1981 and 2003. And the writers of this article say this is equivalent to adding a day and a half to an adult's work week. So think about your work week. If you work Monday through Friday, and then all of a sudden now you're having to work, you know, Monday through Saturday plus Sunday morning, you know, that really has reduced the kid's ability to play. And they're not playing at school because this increased school time is very often accompanied by decreased recess. Not to keep using myself as an example, but I will in this point. Like when I was in school as a kid, we had morning recess, lunch, lunch recess, afternoon recess. So there was like all this time during the day where we were out playing. You know, now a lot of schools really only have like 20 minutes a day of recess. I'm talking about for a second grader. So if children are to grow up well-adjusted, They need ever-increasing opportunities for independent play. So this includes self-directed play, meaningful contributions to family and community life like we talked about, because these are signs that they're trusted, responsible, and capable. And so we want to let our kids know that we trust them. We think that they're responsible and that they're capable of doing things. And I'm not saying we say to our kids, you know, we trust you, so I'm going to give you this phone with internet access. That's not what I'm talking about, because you can trust your kid 
all day long, but that's hundreds of thousands of people that had then have access to your child. That's like a different avenue that I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about trusting them to go out and play with their peers. The mission of Screen Strong is to encourage parents that it's really okay if you want to hit the pause button and, and skip this for a while. And, you know, kids mm-hmm. need a break. They, they just need a break. And you may need to take a season of six months. I mean, you know, for parents that come to you, Kristen, and they're just struggling so much, don't you think that's a great suggestion? Oh, absolutely. And I encourage waiting as long as possible. You never hear a parent that says, I wish I had given my kid a phone earlier. And um, I mean, you you will lose part of your child once that phone gets in their hands and it will never be the same again. And the fights will begin. And I always encourage parents that you want your kids to develop the meaning of a real friendship before they start measuring themselves by likes and followers. Because until they have that foundation, their their whole world is is kind of built on something that's that's not real. And I think that's so important. And I am so inspired by all the parents that come to me and say, my kid is 13. We don't have a phone. Actually, they're doing great. They're developing friendships. They have other activities. If more parents can do it and then also be around other parents that are like-minded in this way, I think we can create a movement where we can get our kids back. But I just love to get y'all's perspective on the word sheltered um, and whether you feel like you've been sheltered or not and whether that's a good or a bad thing. One thing is like people throw around like, oh, you're sheltered or like, mom, if you don't give me a screen, you're going to, I'm going to be sheltered or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is that what you want? Like people throw that around. Like it's such like a, you know, negative word. Um, But it's really such like a, almost like a toddler argument. Like it really doesn't make any sense. First of all, as a parent, isn't your job kind of to protect your kids from all the stuff out there? Like, uh, isn't like, shelter a good thing Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. like isn't that why we have houses like shelter (laughs) is good um but you know almost for the sake of word choice if we don't like that word shelter then let's just say protect like a parent's job is to protect their kids um especially you know young years lower school middle school um like there's almost no more important thing you can do as a parent than to protect your kids right because the bad influences are out there they're near infinite and they will find your kids your kids will find them um, if they're not protected. So um, I think that's one kind of thing to to right the ship a little bit is that everyone has that thing, this idea that being sheltered or being protected is bad. But uh, no, it's not. That's kind of essential for proper childhood. Like childhood is gone because people aren't protected yeah. anymore. But when you protect your kids, you enable them to have a real childhood. Um, so I think that's that's pretty amazing um, that you know it's gotten that backwards. But um, yeah, anything you want to add to that, Evan, on the idea of being sheltered? I mean, you, you said it, uh, super well. One thing I would add is just like, no one can think that it's okay to expose their kids to everything out there in the world. Mm. If you walked up and said, Oh, your sixth grader hasn't done cocaine. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You shelled to your kids. You know what I'm saying? That's (laughs) that's so preposterous. No one would ever say that. So 
by by thinking that you're sheltering your kids by not giving them a screen. Well, a screen is the first step in getting access to all these vices and good you know, Pandora's uh-huh. jar of all this crap that's out there. Um, it's you know it's it's there's a lot of not good stuff that kids get into that um, their parents just have no idea they're into because they hide it behind their phone. Mm-hmm. But the easy fix mm-hmm. is to just not give them this phone and then they have to go, they have to work extremely hard to find that trouble and they most likely won't. Whereas if they're on a screen, it's easy, it's out there, it's in front of them. Um, like like Andrew yeah. said, yeah, it's not, it's 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 going to find them and your kids are going to, yeah. and you know, your kids are going to find it. So um, by protecting them from this, it's it's not a bad thing at all. I don't, I don't think any parent should think that, um, you know, not giving your kid a phone is sheltering them because it's not exposing them to, to porn and violence and, you know, all the other crap that's out there. So. And there's a, yeah, it's like, there's a really weird double standard with screens. It's like everything else people think logically about, well, you don't want your kid to smoke cigarettes when they're nine. Uh, You don't want your kid to, you know, have access to inappropriate content when they're nine. Like, all of these things people think about logically and then they get to screens and they're like, oh, here's something that can give my kid access to all of those things. Totally yeah, we'll green flag yeah. that. It's like there's this weird social thing around yeah. that. And I think that's one thing just because all of this stuff is still so new, everyone just assumes it's okay. But I think one important part of being a parent is thinking critically because uh, in a lot of ways, culture is becoming more childish yeah. and not thinking critically. Like your yeah. your job as a parent is to think critically about this and say, hey, this thing is treated with a absurd double standard and I'm going to reject that double standard and I'm going to choose to raise my kid myself, not have my screen raise my kid um, and to protect it, to protect my child from all the things that are out there. We like to end our episodes with guests giving some final words of advice to our listeners. Here are some favorite words of wisdom from 2023 that deserve a second listen. Naya, can you give us a little bit of encouragement or a lot of encouragement for the parent out there who is really struggling with this issue in their home. Maybe they have a teenager that they just are discovering all this. Um, I know there's so many people listening that are devastated over what maybe they just found out. Maybe it was even last year and you gave up. Maybe it was last week and you're still in that phase of shock over what you found on your kid's phone. How can you encourage them? Oh, I know that's a heavy thing to, to carry as a parent. I know that parents may be feeling their own shame, their own guilt, uh, feeling like possibly they failed their own children. And I would just hope that those parents can hear me when I say, hey, your kids are learning and you're learning too. And that's okay. That's normal. That's normal for all of us. I don't know one parent who thinks that they're the parenting expert and they have everything done perfectly. But what you can do now is take the information that you've learned and do something better with it. I'm a huge person for resiliency factors, which means safety net and um, ways that kids can feel connected. And you can still be a major resiliency factor, even if maybe this particular issue didn't turn out the way that you wanted in the past. Today's a brand new day. And you've got this. You know better now, so you can do better now. And even though your kid might seem super mature and, hey, my kid can handle this, and then it turns out they couldn't, 
there's a today and a tomorrow where you can help train them up to be better than they were yesterday and that you get to do that along as well. So like we talked about the mirror neurons, right? You've, you've learned, hey, this doesn't work. So mirror the behavior for them. Of So now we're a united front. We're going to move forward together as parent and kid. And I'm going to show you and model, hey, we're going to do better together. We're going to put these phones down together. We're going to find a new way to access information and relate to other people together that doesn't include this stuff that is poison. You know, I think one thing that helps, especially if you don't have numerous children that are similar in age, is to find another family that is similar to you. Yes. Like maybe there's another family who feels that unease, a little bit of anxiety about letting their kid do that, but also feels, you know, in their gut that I should really let my kid do these things. Bring those kids together, talk to them about it, and sort of let them be strength in numbers, so to say. And a couple just reminders to sum up some of the things we've talked about. So just a reminder that smartphones and video games are not independent play. Even if, you know, I had somebody ask me, well, what about educational apps? That's not independent play. So that's directed play by the device. The time sink of technology actually further takes away from a child's or a teen's ability to spend time in independent play. So just remember that when you're thinking about how much time your kids spend on technology and that the control of the phone and all of its apps, reminders, influenced by others actually further adds to the child's loss of autonomy, competence, and relatedness. So let's try to strengthen those things and really limit that technology time. Yeah, one thing I try to tell you, I've been doing, you know, the private practice stuff for like 23 years now, I think. And, um, you know, and again, like I've, and, and, you know, people, I think counselors, therapists tend to focus so much on the problems, right, that people come to their office with. And if you can kind of reframe that and look at it as an opportunity to provide a solution for somebody, right, that's enlightening. If you, if you get too fixated and too hunkered down on regurgitating the problems and, you know, and then, and then, you know, and taking that into your own being, you know, you get, you, you, that, that, that's going to impact you. So you got to just leave it where it is and trust the process of offering strategies and solutions for people. And when you see them start to grow, that's very rewarding. And, 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 you know, when you're rewarded by something, it's not draining. Many parents worry that if they don't allow screens, whether it's video games, social media, whatever, that when their child leaves to go to college, they're going to binge and go crazy. What is your perspective on that now that you are literally about to take that step into college? One thing I think is is interesting to think about um, is that because of the way I've been raised, I think that these these ideas will always be a part of me. I will always want to be productive. I'll always want to get you know physical exercise, have person in-person relationships. Like These are parts of me that like can't be removed. And so I think one thing that, you know, very well could happen. I don't plan on it happening, but it very well could happen is maybe I decide to, you know, try video games out and I, um, who knows, maybe I, I don't know, get a console mm-hmm. or I probably wouldn't invest that much money, <laughs> but maybe, maybe my roommate brings a console mm-hmm. or something like that. And, and maybe let's say hypothetically, I spend, you know, two days just binging video games. And this is, you know, the great fear that parents use is, oh, your kid will binge, Right. Well, I've, I have a lot of confidence in the fact that if I spent 48 hours, all I did was playing video games, I would feel horrible about myself <laughs> and I would immediately want to remove that from ever being an option right. ever again. Like, like even if that happened because of the way I've been raised, I would not be okay with myself right, doing right. that. So um, like, I think 
it's not necessarily a po- it's not necessarily saying that your kid will never binge, but I think it's much more likely the scenario will be that either your kid doesn't want to and they just will never try that out or they'll try it out and they'll be disgusted with who it makes them because they know what real life is like and they'll just as quickly, you know, mm-hmm. give it up uh, voluntarily. So, um I think that's a much more likely scenario. Just because life is so much more interesting than what is offered on that game. And you've already had that foundation set of like what you enjoy, what you like. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, um, you know, I I think it's silly to say that, you know, someone would never try something out. But I think it's much, it's incredibly realistic to say, oh, well, you know, they're going to be, they're just going to, their eyes are going to be open to what they thought they were missing out on, but really weren't. Right. And how much better real life is and what real life has to offer. Yeah. What about you, Evan? It's it's not like there's this massive reset button that you hit once you go to college. <laughs> the only thing that changes is that not everyone knows who you are. But I feel like there are still, like you said, Andrew, there are parts of you that are going to stay the same, that you're going to want to stay the same yeah. while you're in college than while you're in high school. So if you're raised in the way of being productive and getting outside and used to that, yeah, you're going to be disgusted with how video games treat you. So it's not like you become this totally different person and oh now all of a sudden all of my interests are you know completely different because <laughs> yeah. I'm in college now like that that and because mm-hmm. my parents aren't here that that's not how that works you're you're who you are you're who you are for for whatever 18 19 years however old and there's a lot of that that's just going to stay the same so I just think it's um, silly to say that um, there's just going to be this massive binging that goes on and that mm-hmm. they're just going to go crazy. It's not like y'all have never seen a screen before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like sure. you're not, you're not showing up like, yeah. what is this device? I must yeah. be on it all day. Uh-huh. Like you've had, I mean, you've been around screens and I think yeah. that's, that's a, a point. Yeah. If y'all wanted to touch on that, that like people think that screen strong kids, it's like, no, I must not look upon the device. You know, it's like, okay, chill out. <laughs> no, yeah. You know? Sure. And that, that, yeah, that's not the case at all. Like, Evan and I use, we use computers for school. We, you know, we actually do have television in our house. Um, (laughs) Like a lot of people think that it's just, you know, complete abandonment of technology wholesale, but it's really just choosing not to uh, like mom refers to them as toxic screens. We just don't allow toxic screens in our lives and we're a lot better for it. Yeah. Um, Not all screens are toxic screens. A lot of them are. So we just choose not to use those. You know, we're, we're just choosing not to invite those toxic screens and to control our lives. Remember, I think too, that screen strong doesn't mean screen free, but it does mean and require that we have a dedication to being really intentional, doing things differently, standing out from a crowd in a society where we know that the crowd is really in an opposite setting right now as a whole, and that we're really trying to blaze new ways in. Our home is not screen free, but it is screen limited. And, and and we're really intentional in that. We're clear on our phones being tools. We don't have those open around him and looking at those and, and spending a lot of time on those um, in front of our, our child. Um, when we watch TV, of course, I would recommend and always say content needs to be top of mind and heart. Just because it's out there doesn't mean we should. Just because it looks like it's directed to kids, pay attention, be aware of what's on there mm-hmm. and, and pick the right things. We really try to minimize that time. And, and really one recommendation I always have too with, with that and not being a toxic screen, but a, a, a mindful screen in a television is 
we try to incorporate it more as a family activity. A movie night is a term here that we try to use and, and build it in as a little fun and a little connection time, but we're doing it together, not as a separate piece of what we're, what we're doing together. I will say too, you know, this journey, I think can feel lonely. It's, it's okay. And it's good. And I think, like I said before, get, get rooted in that, get comfortable in that and, and find others, even if it's one other like-minded parent that you can be connected with in, in your journey, that's empowering. That's something that can, that can grow from that point. Um, we're now getting to the point of, of him saying, you know, he's a little for it still, but can I have a sleepover? Can I go to so-and-so's house? And, you know, it's kind of at that cusp of you're not, you're not quite ready for that at this age. And, and you're, and we're, we should always be cautious of where our kids are going, who they're around, understanding that, knowing the parents. I think those are, those are things that can never become lost in, in our kids' lives and our awareness of what they're doing. But one of the things that I would say, and I'm, I'm starting to have some conversations when I'm connecting with people to let them know where we stand on our, our values and what we're doing. And again, it's not to impose on what somebody else has to do or to come across as a, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. If you don't do this, you're not going to get it right. That's not what you want to do in it. But I do want to start to to make sure that what we have in our values is known and and being able to have those conversations. We are not at a point where we said, hey, he's going to go over to somebody else's house and we're not going to be there. But I will say that when we get that moment and it's not too far into our future, I'm going to have to have conversations and hard conversations to just say, hey, um, I, we don't let, we don't have George playing video games. If that's something that you do in your home. I just ask that he doesn't do that while he's there. So I'm really mentally, physically, I guess, preparing myself for those conversations and and being ready and willing to have them. Um, And also knowing that they're hard and and that there could be some scenarios there that are really challenging to navigate. It's hard with family too. I think, you know, from a family perspective, you know, that we face that in those scenarios too, where somebody's got a little handheld Nintendo switch. We don't, we don't want them to do that. So want to make sure that in those scenarios, we're just clear on what we do and don't want them to do really taking the stand of educating him on what we do and don't want. And and the why behind that is it can make sense to him. And really a lot of redirection, you know, when you're in those scenarios, say, Hey, you know, does anybody want to go out and and, and do something else? Let's go play a game. Let's go do this. So I think that that redirection of, of creating a better activity that's the other thing that we're trying to do is stay very, very busy (laughs) with other activities and just changing, changing, building him in a way that changes the way he spends his days. He doesn't want to turn on the TV. Like that's what's like, we're actually seeing that transformation too, even just from a a non-toxic screen and in a limitation, he doesn't want to do it. He wants to get out. He wants to ride his bike. So I think that if you can get over a, a cusp of like if you start to create a habit, then those are the things you start to see. And it's not in a it's not in a very long turnaround time. Be ready to have those conversations. Be ready to lean into other parents. Be ready to ask the hard questions and just be ready to state what you need when your kid is in their presence and ultimately in their responsibility as they get old enough to be in those scenarios and, and be able to face those and then have your kid understand what what do you expect and and the why. And that's where we are. And that's the advice that I would give to others at our state and, and really beyond. From everyone on the Screen Strong team, we wish you a very happy new year and look forward to seeing what 2024 brings to all of us. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong. Stay strong.